The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Panel Discussion, your home for comic book talk every week right here on the network. No Greg, still no Micah, but Matt and Will are here with you today. What's going good. on, Will? How are you? I'm doing good today. Get some uh, good news to cover. Lots of I news. See, I see you got a nice little comic book there to cover. I do. I do. I was like, oh, I haven't actually read a physical comic book in quite some time. It's so all like I, I'm I'm old school. I physical copies all the way for me. I'd rather there's certain ones that I'm like, I'll ne- I'll never be able to see this in like firsthand. I'd have to pay like fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, for sure. But, like older stuff. Yeah, definitely. But there is a fun, you know, there is a fun like being able to hunt for comic books. And, and, and lately, especially with like the older stuff, like both Marvel and DC, they do like dollar comic where they just reissue older stuff like i just picked up she hulk number one for a right. dollar like yeah i'm never gonna buy the actual physical <laughs> copy but i got a copy i can hold in my hands and read and get the story exactly exactly so um yeah i do miss that i i wish i had more capital where i could go and just buy com i had a, i mean boxes upon boxes full of them when i first started the show i was buying probably like four or five a week okay and and now i'm i'm tapped out yeah that, that you, <laughs> like I, I get those wicker baskets from from uh, craft stores, and I fill those bad boys up. So it's <laughs> a way to do it. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot of news for you guys to talk about. It was a very, it was very heavy uh, for comic book fans. This week. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. Um, let's start with Mando. Man, I mean that's a big one. Mando- Mandalorian season two trailer dropped. Um, a lot of, a lot of cool. There's a boat. There's a boat in Star Wars. <laughs> You name one time you've seen a boat on water in Star Wars. Never. Yeah, I, Never. I can't recall. I can't. Not in live action. Nope. Uh, maybe the holiday special. No, no holiday special. <laughs> Not boat. even that. No. We we actually Disney pretends it doesn't exist. That's a shame. It is. It it's really a it's is. a staple. I have a bootleg copy. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, I <laughs> never. I've never actually watched it before. Oh, it's it's unwatchable. Is it? Oh yes, it's so bad. <laughs> It's terrible. There's like 20 minutes where not one word is spoken, just grunts from Wookiees. All right. So, Star Wars holiday special or episode eight or nine? Um, it matters what mood I'm in. <laughs> if I just wanna, if I wanna giggle and laugh, I'm going holiday special. If I wanna get mad, then I'm going sequel trilogy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Glad we're on the same page. Um, yeah, this is exciting because I mean, again, I say it often on here. I'm not. I haven't. Been people have different, uh, you know, takes on how Disney Plus has been. You know, Will, you're a parent. I'm sure you just oh, leave it on for the kids. Love, love Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, Phineas and Ferb movie hit. That was great. Right. Nice blast from the past. Muppets Now. I've been a big fan of. Um, and then just, I mean, the countless. They have tons of tons of content on there. Animation, live action movies, um, just a bunch of good stuff. They do. They do. My biggest. Problem. My biggest issue, and the, the, great, the nostalgia thing is great. I've always, I just had an issue with newer content. They've had, they've been a little bit slower to release newer content. They have, their, they have a few titles that are still um, held on to Netflix due right. to contracts and things like that. So, like, 
I know for the longest time, like, we'd go to click on Ralph Breaks the Internet, and it's like, oh, this isn't available. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, right. That's just a tease. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it's still on Netflix. Right. Which right. I believe it still is. But there, as those contracts expire, that content's coming right over to Disney+. Plus. Which, which would be good. Which would be good. But I, you know, my, my like, uh, all the, like, the Marvel Disney Plus shows that were promised, I was like, oh, man, you guys should have had one pretty close to release. Uh, I can go on and on. I, I say it all the time. But this is, I mean, this is a big deal because man uh, mandalorian season one did was so so successful i liked how they they didn't just drop everything all at once they spaced out the the episode releases and it kept you coming back and you know it was it was very well done it was nice to have a good non-jedi sith related star wars it was it was nice you have this immersive huge galaxy and I feel the prequels and the sequel trilogy has done the disservice to that that universe by just everything is so closely related. It makes everything feel so much smaller. Yeah. So it was, I mean, we've had a little bit with the animated stuff, but even the animated stuff, it's still like they're weaving in characters that you're familiar with. Um, and that first season of the Mando was great because there's not one character in there that we've been introduced to beforehand like it's all fresh it's all new now i know there's a lot of uh like legacy characters and um pre-existing characters that are expected to pop up in mando season two yes and i'm hoping that uh that doesn't kind of hamper that feeling of vastness that the mandalorian brought right to star wars no I, i i completely agree i don't think it needs certain characters um the one character you may be referring to is probably Ashoka. Ahsoka. Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah, she's she's, uh, she's being played by Rosario Dawson, but the rumor is that that's going to lead to a spinoff of her own show. Uh, okay. um, another one is they, they cast, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Jango Fett in episode two. Tamira uh, Morrison, I think. Yes, yes, yep. thank you. Um, so he is there, but it's speculated that he's going to be reprising kind of his role as Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett, um, a lot of people in the, I want to say it was the fourth episode, third or fourth of season one, where it ended with, you heard the spurs jingling. Yep. And that was, a lot of people were speculating that was Boba Fett, because Boba Fett is, if you watch Return of the Jedi a million times like I have, or Empire (laughs) a million times like I have, um, whenever he walks, he has that spur jingling um, effect. So a lot of people are speculating that was Boba Fett. They did announce that Boba Fett is going to be in season two, but they also they're suspecting he's also going to dual role it and also play Captain Rex from the Clone Wars and Rebels. If oh, you're I familiar with the animated show, for that. I yeah. fully vouch for that. You might as well use them. You yeah, know. double dip. Yeah, for sure. It, it only makes sense. I, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, Captain Rex. Yes, uh, appearance. I, I love how they. They. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they apparently retconned Captain six. Rex yes, into Return, Return, of, Return of, the of the Jedi. That yes. guy with the beard. Yep. Yep. And I was like, wow, well done. <laughs> yes. Well done. Well thought out. <laughs> well thought out. That was done intentionally. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have been sitting on that idea for 40 years. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool news, guys. I think the release date. It's coming. Supposed to come out in November. November. No. Uh, Halloween. Oh, it's supposed to come out. Halloween. First episode's Halloween, and I'm a big fan of the. One a week episode. The stagger. I, yeah. I feel like a kid, like Saturday morning cartoons again, where I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it. It's on up, Friday. It's on Friday. Up, I'm yep. good. I'm good. Yep. I know a lot of people were upset with the boys for uh, Amazon Prime that they gave you three episodes and now they're staggering them. I prefer the stagger. I know. I find that I'm a glut, glutton for content, 
And if something hits, I'm probably watching it in a day or two. Yeah. How much of that I'm retaining, that's another story. That's why I'm rewatching I mean, it look again. How, look how fast you and I binge through Cobra Kai. Yeah. It was I I think I watched day and a half I took. Two seasons in like less than five days. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, and, and even looking back to and this is actually kinda of runs into the next news. Um you know the next, the Daredevils and the Punishers. There'd be some lulls where you just you're just watching it just to get through to the next part. Exactly, and you're, you're distracted. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I I agree. It's 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 very well done in that regard. Very yeah, especially well I feel like half hour shows. It's so Bing 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 Bing. But when you got hour hour plus episodes, um, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of character development. There's a lot of slow pacing that, like you said, you feel like you're just begrudgingly watching it just to get to the next episode. No, for sure. And uh, that kind of, yeah, like I said, it kind of leads to our next point. Uh, Netflix's ownership over a lot of the Marvel characters, Daredevil, Punisher, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, that all is supposed to get relinquished and head back to Marvel's way. So nice. they can Marvel can do what they want with those characters. Uh, out of all of them, I'm, I would imagine that people are most excited about getting daredevil involved in the mcu somehow but is there any other i mean for your sake is there any other characters you want to see get intertwined like right away or do you need a little break from some of them uh i I, like daredevil i would say throw i mean you you've got him lined up perfectly for the next spider-man oh my god yeah it makes it it serves like a lot of the time i feel like they have a hard time of they want to use this character but they they don't have a an appropriate way to introduce that character or to put them into the plot where it makes sense. Um, like, I'm sorry, I thought Spider-Man and Civil War was just shoehorned in like crazy. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. Yeah. But it, it was it felt forced. It was forced. unnecessary, right. Yeah, it, it, it kinda, felt forced. It was a way for them to kind of get an origin story out of the way. But yeah. I know what you're like saying. Like, when I first saw it, it felt very forced to me. Uh, and then I had a friend of mine give me an interesting point of view where it, I, I, I liked it more. Because I'm like, why would Tony Stark get this high school kid like, that's so – that that's just negligent is what that is. <laughs> this barely trained high school kid, he goes, look at it this way. He, they're fighting their friends. If he pulls a high school kid into a fight, he knows that Cap <laughs> and Winter Soldier and Falcon, they're not going to go full bore with this poor high school kid. They're going to pull their punches a little bit. I'm like, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. That's fair. And now I kind of – it doesn't feel as shoehorned in for me. But, like, Daredevil, I feel, is – primed and ready to go for the next Spider-Man movie to represent Peter Parker, to prove his innocence that he wasn't the one who killed Mysterio. Uh, and uh, Spider-Man Daredevil team up ever since the animated show in the 90s. I've been clamoring for that. That was good. I know when I played the, the, the PS1 Spider-Man, Daredevil made an appearance in it, and it was really cool. They just seemed, they just seemed to go hand in hand. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, Spider-Man, I, in my opinion, is his street-level hero. He yes. can go to those certain lengths, but Daredevil fits right in with that. And now Daredevil deals with more mob-like figures, but those mob-like figures intertwine a lot with Spider-Man's universe. Kingpin, yes. Tombstone, uh, it, it, and several others. You know, that is too many to name, but they just go hand in hand. And yes. I think it's it's really needed. Do I want a Daredevil movie? No, I don't think I. I, I don't think with with the I uh, think cameos would do him good, yes. but I'm not. I don't think a direct Daredevil movie would do any good right now. Not with the religious overtones. I believe they would have to downplay that a lot, which kind of robs his character. So I could see him being like a Hulk, where he just pops in uh, with different team-up movies. Uh, with that being said, the other two characters that I think would flow really well would be uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage doing or having some kind of role in Shang-Chi. 
Yes. I like that a lot. Would you recast Danny Rand? Yes. In a heartbeat. What yes. about Luke Cage? You good with him? I, I, li- would, I thought I would, looked- I would like Luke Cage to stay. Okay. I thought he was done pretty perfectly. I, I thought he was. He, he had that I'm going to mess you up quality, but also that huggable teddy bear quality. He yes. had both of those, which is a very hard dynamic, I feel, to pull off. Um, I can't see them doing anything with Jessica Jones for a long time. No. No, not at all. Punisher's another question, too. It's like, what do you do with him? He, he was perfect for... Yeah. That was a great casting. Great casting. John Bernthal did a wonderful job, but he was perfect for the Netflix shows. He's not one where I'm, I'm not going to rush to the. Well, I I would if they did it, but uh, as far if, as a movie goes, if they used would, him, I don't even think he would get a movie. I think he would get like a uh, Disney Plus series. As weird as that sounds, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, I I could see them sitting on Punisher for a long time too. Maybe using him down the line as a supporting role, but I can't see him taking center stage. No, no, not at all. Especially, yeah, not in the MCU, especially with what they're going for. You know, we, we keep getting hearing rumors of Deadpool. We don't know what we're going to get out of that, but uh, let's see. What else we got? Some movie. Oh, wait, yeah, we got, uh, a movie we got uh, they announced that Kang the Conqueror is going to be in Ant-Man 3. Um, he's going to be played by Jonathan Majors, who, uh, is in that HBO Max series Lovecraft Country, which seems very interesting. I haven't had a chance to watch any of it, but I'm a a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft and his writings. And um, It seems like there's been a resurgence, kind of like with Stephen King a few years back after it came out. There was a resurgence in his work being adapted to small screen and big screen, which is still going on, um, but it seems like there's been a resurgence in Lovecraft Country. Um, I just recently watched uh, a movie with Nicolas Cage, uh, Color Out of Space, which is based on a H.P. Lovecraft story, which I absolutely loved. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, so I'd like to give that a shot. Um, but it's cool that Kane the Conqueror is going to be in Ant-Man 3. It kind of gives Ant-Man 3 a little bit more um, weight in the story. It going d- forward. It does. You know, I, I was really I liked how Ant Man was handled in Endgame. I think he he looked like a million bucks. Yes. Uh the Ant Man tr- you know, trilogy so far, the past two movies, they haven't been anything like criminally important to the MCU, to the main storyline of anything. Uh it's you know, it's been Darren Cross, it was the uh was it Ghost? Yeah. Ghost with uh Giant Man, Lauren. And then Fisburn. you had you had Goliath yeah. in there, yeah. kind of teased a little bit with Lawrence Fishburne. A little bit. Um, as much as I love, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who played the the snarky villain in Ant-Man and Wasp, who was working for the... Oh, the mob guy? Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. I'm going to have to Google it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ant-Man felt kind of like, okay, Ant-Man 1, it had kind of the normal Marvel um, way of doing about things where you have hero and hero fights anti-hero that's kind of similar to their skill set with Ant-Man versus Yellow Jacket. Um, And then Ant-Man and Wasp I thought was really well done, but I mean, how can you... How do you, man, big shoes to fill after following Infinity War. Like, oh, Walter, Walter, Walton Goggins. Goggins. Yes, there we go. Just, just, just (laughs) hit me. Walton Goggins. Goggins. Um, But, uh, I mean, those were big shoes to fill after Infinity War. It's tough. It was the perfect segue film. Like, it it was, 
like yeah. after Infinity War, you're just like, whoa, L- little lighthearted, little depressed, and then th- this comes out, and you're just laughing because it's Paul Rudd and he's awesome. And I mean, how else are you gonna take an Ant Man movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's they've done a little tongue in cheek. Absolutely, it, it, it's been handled very well. There was a lot of flack when Ant Man first came out, but Paul Rudd, I think, in, in that whole cast, the team, the writer. They destroyed everybody's expectations when the first one came out. I agree. So to have Kang, though, because everybody's talking, oh, Kang's going to be the next big baddie. Yeah, right? so, be. I mean, I hope they don't do a Marvel one and done with that villain. I hope they keep him around. I hope so. Because, um, right, I mean, he does the, the Quantum Realm stuff, and it just fits hand in hand. Yeah. It just fits naturally. So I think it would be a good, and and honestly, I hope Paul Rudd and Ant-Man stay. Because we're at this weird point now with the MCU where a lot of characters are running up on, like, their trilogy and, and you then, don't know yeah. how many co- uh, how many contracted movies are going to have, but it's like, man, if we lo- we're going to lose Ant Man, and is Paul Rudd going to want to stay around and do this thing for much longer? And even if he does, he's probably not going to get any more movies. It would be surprising. If he- I was actually shocked that they gave Thor, you know, some extension. Speaking of which, I just read an article where Chris Hemsworth said, "As long as they want me, I'm signing the contract," which so, I'm happy for. Yes, I- I'm glad that that character is staying around, especially because it feels like he's just hitting his stride so late. After oh, his introduction. He definitely did. Now, Ragnarok picked, picked up my interest in him very well. But you know what I mean? I don't want to lose Paul Rudd. I don't want the Guardians. I mean, they're coming up on, on number three. We're going to yeah. lose Star-Lord and Gamora and all these wonderful characters that have been established. And, exactly. And doing so well. We're, we're at a tough point. Like, Cap and Iron Man, I was ready for them to go. Yeah, they've been kind of... <laughs> they've been center stage for so long. Um, even, like, Black Widow. Um, she's been center stage for so long. Uh I think she signed an extension. How? Like what? In what I d- realm? I have no like, idea. I read somewhere that she was doing. She wants to do more movies. I'm like, okay. It's just gonna be like Benjamin Button. It's gonna be a trilogy of just going backwards in time. <laughs> I mean, talk about missing missing the opportunity. That should have been handled six years too late. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and like, yeah, it, it, especially with the unfortunate news with Chadwick Boseman, it's like, uh, who is going to be center staged from from this point forward as far as the face? Because you just lost your two faces with, um, obviously, you know, Robert Downey Jr. stepping down and um, uh, Chris Evans stepping down, which I feel like Chris Evans could possibly pop back. Not anytime soon but i'm talking like maybe 10 years down the line they could bring him back out of time yeah if need be yeah uh superhero soldier serum does wonderful things <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i really hope they do but yeah we don't know who the face of the mcu is gonna be are they gonna go with captain marvel or you know you can't put too much trust in spider-man because he's not technically his movie rights aren't owned by you 100 percent. there's yeah there's a lot of questions right now and it's a weird time Actually, I was just thinking too, how how bad would it have been if Infinity War came out last year and this whole COVID oh, gosh. thing and we had a delayed sit. Endgame? <laughs> Man, that would have been. I was literally just that would have like, been Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi level of anticipation. <laughs> Man, I would. I, I've been, been thinking about that. I was like, would I have paid thirty bucks on Disney Plus oh, for this? Totally. Yes, I would have. But, Without question. Oh, I would have, but I was like, oh, would it be the same experience? Because like, I need that movie theater experience. Yeah, I mean, ah, yeah, I mean, for the first time when you watch it, I remember when, you know, obviously that scene in Endgame where they're all lined up and that hammer comes to cap. And, oh, my God. Chills. Well, I stopped getting it right time. now just talking about it, but every time I see that scene, it's just like, and the thing that was so beautiful about it is it took them 
20 plus movies for them to finally say that. Like, I feel like if DC was at the helm, and I'm not bashing DC because I love DC. They would have rushed it. It would have been Avengers 1, he would have said it, <laughs> without question, as they're fighting the Chitauri. He totally would have dropped that line oh in New York God, City. Yeah. So the fact that they didn't say it for so long, oh, it just resonated. And it was everybody. It was so good, so good. It was. Uh, another piece of news, too. This comes from Greg, who I'm. excuse me for not acknowledging this. Uh, Greg and his wonderful wife, Autumn, they just birthed their baby. I should have said this at the top of the show. I'm an idiot. Um, Ezra Knowlton is here. He has arrived. He came, He was born uh, Friday, I think early Friday afternoon. Uh, so that's why he's not here, but he's still heavily. He did leave me with some news, but we wanted to wish them some congratulations. Such a Enjoy never post. sleeping again. <laughs> you made this choice not to pull out. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Greg. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah. Um, but he passed it along. He goes, I want you to really talk about this, and it's fair because, uh, yeah, we're, we're at, still at that point where conventions and stuff are in a, in a weird place. We don't know when they're going to come back, but for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a lot of online stuff, right? Yes. And New York City Comic Con, New York Comic Con, I don't know if there's a difference between New York City and New York Comic Con, but um, it has been decided that they're going to go online this year. Not a huge shocker with everything kind of going on. San, San Diego did that as well. But, uh, yep, it is technically New York City. I, there's Because there's, like, Rock Con, and then there's, like, Flower City Con. There's Everybody's Emerald, got Emerald a, City Con. Emerald there's C- a ton yeah, there's them, yeah. a ton. Nickel City Con, Buffalo Con. Jesus. Um, October 8th through 11th, they are partnering with YouTube to bring live uh, to life four days of incredible content from the biggest studios, publishers, and creators in the business. So you get to interact with them. So that is – that's – what's happening right now and and honestly in the you know hopes of continuity it's it's still probably the best way to go about yeah i agree yeah so um be aware of that check out for links and and all that stuff but uh i think was there any other news i think we covered it all i usually forget something i'll 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 be done recording and i'll remember i forgot i forgot something i think we're good i think we're good um all right everybody so we're gonna read our books for today and and Get on with it. Uh, Will is going to continue his alien reading from last week. Yep, book two. All right. Um, so uh, the last issue ended with the reintroduction of Hicks. He's alive and well. Um, so this issue starts with the uh, showing kind of a flashback scene of the crew member who that got infected with the face hunger from uh, the egg that was growing from Bishop, the android. So it shows him basically what we all figured from the first book. Yes, an alien xenomorph pops out of his chest. He's dead. Um, then it cuts to, um, Newt, uh, coming out of her cryo sleep and she is concerned where Ripley is. And the last issue, Ripley woke up, went crazy and they sedated her. Uh, so it's just Newt. Uh, we do find out that her name is Rebecca, I believe. Yes, Rebecca. That is Newt's actual name. So we find that little tidbit out. Um, it goes back, and now what we see um, is Courtney Weaver's character, Ripley, still in cry. She's still uh, uh, under sedation. Uh, Nude is by her side, waiting for her to wake up. A little throwaway line of, you know, some people, when they're exposed to trauma, they just need to sleep. Uh, nice little callback line that Newt asks if she's dreaming, and she says it's better not to dream. So she's hoping Ripley's just in a a no-dream state. <laughs> Um, and then it goes back. We have the remnants of Bishop the Android. They're kind of uh, 
doing tests on the remains of his body, which were spliced with the xenomorph. Uh, then we have some political stuff going on. I think I mentioned last time this was uh, very heavily influenced by the events going on in the world of the Cold War at the time. So there's like an American side, there's a, a Soviet kind of side, um, and they're kind of playing uh, uh, kind of like a chicken game with one another where uh, the Americans have the Russian... Uh, scientist who was infested by the face hunger. They have his body. They're examining that body. The Russians want that back. The Russians have Bishop's body. They're examining it. The Americans want that back. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. Uh, we find out that the, the group that does have Bush, Bishop, they're going through his database, and they, have, they know about the alien. They pull up all the information on the xenomorphs that Bishop has in his uh, computer system hardware. So they're going through... Uh, the other thing that this uh, gives us is it lets us know that every xenomorph has the ability to become a queen. So mm-hmm. I don't think that was ever something that was no, this is news to covered me. in the, the movie franchises. Um, we show a little bit more character development with Newt. Um, they're deciding, you know, how is she going to be? Is she psychologically fit? Uh, we find out that they're going to be handing her over to her grandparents that are still alive. Uh, then from there, um, we find out a, a little bit more information about the two fighting factions, um, how they're doing some research still, and then it ends with a cliffhanger where they have human DNA and they're running tests on the human DNA from the Russian who was infected by the face hunger from the egg that came from Bishop, and it is when they're examining his human DNA, there is a strand that instantly takes that human DNA and does with it what it wants. We don't know what that is. Interesting. It looks very cybernetic, but it immediately, it's an immediate shift. Um, it's just destroying the human DNA and reformulating those bonds and kind of playing fast and loose with genetics. And it leaves us with that cliffhanger. Um, so to be continued. All right. I'm liking the progression of the story. Yeah, it's definitely, it takes it in a total different way. Like I said, Hicks is, is the main person. Ripley's barely in it. Um, Newt is barely in it, but it's cool to see, you know, maybe they were, if this would have gone through, we would have brought those characters back. I feel a lot of times expanding the universe. Like I feel some characters need a little break. Like, Come on, seriously, like Ripley's going to go through this not once, not twice, not three times, but then you're going to clone her ass, bring her back like a fourth time? Come on! How much can this person take? Um, you know, so I feel like some movie franchise, like, you got to play kind of fast and loose with re- with realism. Like, if these xenomorphs are really that rare, what's the odds that in this huge galaxy they're constantly coming back after Ripley? Right. Right. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah, you got to mix up the main characters, keep things fresh and interesting. There's only so much before it's just like, oh, here we go again. And yeah, I feel it's, even for the actors, like maybe if they gave Sigourney Weaver a little break, she'd be itching to come back for one of the potential sequels down the line right. instead of being like, I'm coming back for three. You're killing me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm done. I want to die. Yes. <laughs> so um, I, I like the, the deviation from the, the, uh, the normal story that we all know. And I like... I just like the fact that it's uh, this almost could have happened. This is the way it was going to go, and then there's tons of studio interference, and we got what we got with David Fincher, which 
I don't hate, but I'm not a big fan of either. Right, right. Very good. Very good. How many more parts we got? For uh, I believe it's a five-part series. So okay. we got three more parts. Uh, I was kind of skipping ahead because it's been a while since I've read it. Obviously, I'm rereading it as, as I come back in. But uh, it seems like action really ramps up from three, four, and five. Sweet. Like one is like, okay, a little taste. Two is just laying the groundwork. Um, and then from there, it really ramps it up. Okay. I'm looking forward to hearing how that one ends. Um, all right, everybody. So I did my, like I said at the top of the show, I did my first actual comic book. And luckily, this thing was a gift. If you didn't know, uh, Greg did some fantastic work and is partnering up with Pandemony Toys. Which are awesome toys. Yeah, we opened them up last week, and they were really cool. They're very cool. Very you, high end. Yes, you can get them on. Uh, I did see that. You can either get them right through the website, Pandemonium Toys, or you can get them uh, through Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime, they're right there, ready to go. Ships it, out in two days. Get on it. If you need to see these like a little bit closer up, we did do an opening last week for our Facebook page, so please find the panel discussion Facebook page and uh, you know go from there. But, yeah, I was like, okay, they sent the first issue. Why the heck not? Why, why, why not read this thing uh, and go a little different and kind of really just, you know, just get all in on this. So this is Alternation. Alternation. And that's the it's who our new partner is here at the panel discussion. So it starts off with some like file photos, and it's like oh, it's disgusting cryptids. You know, cryptids, an animal or plant whose existence has been suggested but has not been discovered or documented by science. Hybrid, something made by combining two different elements through human manipulation for a specific purpose. You really get to start to meet the whole team around here, and I don't know if we talked about it last week with the opening, but I gotta instantly say I'm getting. Light X-Men vibes and maybe a little bit of Umbrella Academy. A little bit. I can see that. Overall, just ins- inspiration at least. Um, because there's a, I mean, there's a huge facility and staff, and it's a, it's, a, it's a branch of military essentially behind all these characters. But you get a lot of, a lot of the stuff that, you know, a uh, couple characters are just, you know, very important characters. Uh, I'm not actually familiar with their names 100% yet, but... Um, they're you know, just discussing some matters of the team and, and how to handle them, and then we flip to a danger room scenario. Nice. It's pretty cool. They're battling some robots. And because, you know, the listeners, if you haven't seen the Facebook video yet, I'll kind of read and I'll, I'll name all the various characters we get to uh, we get to discuss. All right. El Ray, who is a leader. He's a, a, the electrifying aquatic leader. He's a mix of electric eel, and catfish, and stingray hybrid. Uh, Bomber. The powerhouse with a chip on his shoulder. He's a he's a combination of a scorpion, bombardier, uh, beetle, Hercules beetle, stink bug hybrid. So he's got a lot going there for him. Uh, Quillroy, he loves heavy metal, both music and weights. Fruit bat, crested porcupine, and black rhinoceros hybrid. Uh, Albert the seventh, Albert seven, uh, longhorn prankster with an affinity for bananas. Toro Bravo bull and capuchin monkey hybrid. We got Sham. Brilliant but manipulative. Manipulative. He's the perfect spy. He's a veiled chameleon, toke gecko, alligator hybrid. And then Dart, who might be actually, he's one of my favorites. I mean, I like them all. I like them all. But Dart's pretty cool. Young and still training. He leaps before he looks. Literally. Poison dart frog, bullfrog hybrid. And it's cool to see these characters in action and then think we got to, we got to play with their toys. <laughs> we could, we, they're, they're somewhere. We'll pull them out. We'll, I'll play with them right now. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I'll, I'll do play it. with them I'll right do now. it. I will do it. Uh, there's some <laughs> there's some backstage discussions about you know and, and 
you know, about how they're getting re- all getting ready for their first missions. They're prepping and this and that. Uh, and they're talking because uh, El Rey is the, the definitive leader and they want to send him on his own mission. Just there's just little stuff. There's like growing pains that come with these characters. They're all for the most part pretty young, but they all kind of want to do their own. That's where I get the X-Men vibe from where like Professor Xavier's like, all right, you guys got to be you know take stuff seriously. But they all kind of want to have their own lives a little bit. Uh, but anyways, they get uh, they go on a mission because they're starting to so where to go. Uh, they go in after the the main villain of this series. Oh Christ, what was his name? Uh, I just had it too. Might be on the back. Just sabotage, sabotage. Yeah, on the back too. Sabotage. They get have their first encounter with sabotage who. Uh, they give his backstory a little bit, and you know they discuss the fact that uh, he was. Th- well, the, these GK Delta, which is the name of this band of of hybrids, replaced his program, so he's pretty much out for vengeance. Um, and they have a little skirmish with him. They have a little skirmish. It's it's cool. It's back and forth. Nothing too crazy, but you just get a little bit of taste of what these characters do. It's very back and forth, and the book kind of ends on that note with a with a character named Alpha. Uh, flying in. It's like this giant ghost dragon looking thing. Uh, but I do got to acknowledge one thing I really, really enjoyed with this with this book is that there are certain key points in in this where they give like they have the little yellow box and it'll go and you have an asterisk and it goes as seen in the El Rey action figure mini comic. Oh, nice. So it does so go it, back to that. It ties cool, in with cool, the toys. Cool. So if you want to see certain things, you have to buy the toys to kind of follow along the story. And if that's great marketing, in my that, personal that, that, opinion. That is really cool. Uh, the o- one of the other things I really like too is that they acknowledge the uh, their mutts, mutts. There's these, these little pet things that uh, Greg, and I think we talked about last week on the live stream, Mutage- mutagenic utility and tactical test species, and there's twelve of them, and they're all they go hand in hand. There's the octo octo pup we mentioned, uh, but there's these cute little animal things and they're getting their own time the uh, toy line too nice so uh something more to collect and this but honestly i'm loving the marketing for this and i'm not just saying that because you know they're giving us a chance and all these toys but this is intriguing what better way to connect stories you know and make people want to know everything that's going on than tying purchasing a toy with your comic book story. So. It, it gives me shades of, I mean, the, the late 80s, early 90s, where toys and cartoons went hand in hand. Uh, and, you know, I feel like the, the Saturday morning cartoons kind of dead and gone. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is, I feel, a great way to, t- to tie in uh, a toy line with stories, with a comic book. Um, obviously, comics are huge at this time. Um, and you never know. This could be the next, the next big hit. It really could. It really could. Like I said, I mean, from a artistic standpoint, I'm loving the art on these. You know, yeah, the artwork look, looks phenomenal. Look the, the cover's very beautiful, but the the in the in book art, I was very very impressed with. It's it's fun. It's it's vibrant. It's just the toys. The toys are the same way. Like the toys jump right out at you, and I feel the artwork in this does the same thing. Absolutely, a lot of character. Um, just even like the facial expressions that these characters have in the background it really gives you a good sense of their you know their their personalities which is which is really cool yeah you really get a good read on these characters so if you if you know you you the listeners if you guys stumble across this book you find it 
um, in shop, you know, in a comic book store or wherever you can find it, you know, and you haven't bought the toys yet, you do get a really good understanding of what these characters are and who they are. Their personalities really they, they they push through. This is very good writing in my opinion, and I'm happy with it. I can't wait to see how the rest of this unfolds. It's it's really cool, and and I gotta admit, this is this isn't something I normally would have picked up. If you know, if if we didn't reach out, but I'm glad because this whole panel discussion experience for me has been about me trying new and different things. You know, it's not just about your Captain Americas and your Spider Mans and your Batmans and all that. It's about reaching and finding something different that you really gravitate toward. And I'm I'm in love with this. I'm in love with this so far. Yeah, I feel that's a good way. Not only um, yeah, it's a good way for personal growth. Um, I mean, obviously everybody has their there are things that they're drawn to and their likes and their loves and their passions. But it's, it's like you said, it's a good thing to reach out, stretch outside your comfort zone, grow as a person, grow and, and experience different things. Um, helps you look at the world from a different point of view, I feel. For sure. For sure. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But, uh, yeah, because it's only two hosts today, we got through our comic books. Comic book readings pretty good. I'm very happy with the books we selected. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Um, I mean, just a little toy news. Uh, if we're gonna go down that route, yeah, there's let's a do it. Couple of Lego sets coming out. Yes. Uh, there is a huge uh, Lego set coming out uh, tomorrow, or actually tonight at midnight. Uh, a three hundred and fifty dollar piece of gold of the <laughs> Boss Eisley Cantina from Star Wars. That's coming out for VIP members tonight. Um, if you're not a VIP member, there's really no reason not to be. It's free. You just sign up. The more Legos you buy, the more points you get, the more money you can save, and you get a little, you get some uh, added perks. You get a little, little uh, early, early um, purchase options on a lot of the Lego sets. Um, but if you're not a VIP member, then you have to wait until October first. And why would you want to wait that long? Go sign up. Just do it now. Yeah. Just do it now. Um, <laughs> but uh, this, this thing is really cool. And, and you may mention this before the show about how surprised you were that Lego was kind of going this route. Because it's a bar scene. Yeah, Lego it, Lego has a big, you know, they, they don't like to promote uh, drug use, which, let's be honest, alcohol is a drug, so that's a drug use. Not that, you know, they're specifically shown drinking alcohol at the Mos Eisley Cantina, but, you know, blue milk, we don't know what's in there. <laughs> um, and, I mean, come on, Dr. Ivan, uh, he was probably tossing them back. He was a little surly for no reason. That is true. You know, that for no true. reason. <laughs> so Ponda it, Baba, we don't know what he was saying, <laughs> but that gurgle sounded menacing. <laughs> Um, so either way, uh, it's kind of cool that there was a, that they made this and it's an ultimate, it's called the master collector set. Uh, it's definitely geared toward, uh, higher end collectible and higher end collectors. Definitely not for your, your kitty kids. Um, but Lego's kind of, and I feel with most toy companies, they're reaching out to that adult collector market they uh, in a big way. They yes. know kids aren't getting jobs. They just want to stay and sit and play their fortnights and their duty of calls. Yes. <laughs> and they don't want to get off there and, and go get a job. No, um, they know because we're that market. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I had extra cash to spare, I would be buying Lego sets all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I started with, okay, if something really calls to me, and unfortunately this is a set that really calls to me, um, I was actually in the process, I was telling Matt, of building my own Lego cantina with my spare parts. Well, that's all for not wasted time, wasted effort. Um, I mean, a lot of people were doing a lot of different things in their lockdown time. Uh, one of the things I did was I actually built a uh, Ninja Turtle Lego set based on the 2012 cartoon, which they did produce sets for, uh, and they did license. You built it by yourself. 
I, I well, I, I took those sets and I put them into a two foot wide by three foot tall, three hundred and sixty degree Lego set. That's smart. It's massive. I like. So that. I took all the sets, mashed them into one, because uh, they're not doing that again. It, that shows no, no. dead, and it's one of my favorite uh, interpretations of the turtles. So they're not they're not gonna make anything like that. Um, but unfortunately, I called Lego's bluff on the cantina, and now they're producing one that's so much better than mine. <laughs> um, same thing in my quarantine time. I built a Sanderson sisters house from the movie Hocus Pocus because my daughters love it. Okay. And I told them I would do it years ago, and it just kept getting put on the back burner. So I finally did it, built it. I submitted it to a fan Lego site called Lego Ideas, where if you submit a set that you build or design, if it's voted on by your peers... It's up for a review stage, and it could possibly be made into a physical Lego set where people could purchase it. So I submitted it. Unfortunately, someone beat me to the punch, ah. and that person's set is so much better than mine anyway. So I never like I I like to think of myself as pretty creative and imaginative, but I don't know if I can handle building my own Lego set. <laughs> it's it's like anything else you do. The more you do it, the better you get at right. it. Right? Okay. Yeah. And the you more you you, you think you think outside the box. Which now. What's your favorite? I got to ask you because I actually used to collect Star Wars. I used to build them. I live in Rochester, probably why my ex left me. Uh, I used to spend a lot of money on Lego sets because I was I was infatuated. I loved the Lego video games. And I was yep. infatuated with the minifigs. Uh, what's your favorite set that you ever built? Like original, like not like your own, but you know that you purchased and built. Uh, I would probably say my favorite set that I ever built. I'm I'm not huge. I'm not a huge fan of the vehicles. I'm more of a playset kind of fan I so you. i mean i i feel like that's too but my favorite set um probably because it's a bit i have an emotional attachment to it too but it's an awesome set is the uh endor ewok village play set that i got on my very first anniversary when oh, i was really? down in downtown disney with my wife we were just the two of us celebrating our first anniversary we went to fulton's crab shack in downtown disney in florida and then we walked in the lego store and I was looking at the Ewok Village, and I put it down, and she just picked it up, and she goes, here's your anniversary present, which is no small feat. It's a $250 Lego set. Luckily, we didn't fly, and we drove down, because <laughs> I don't know how I would have got that humongous box on the plane. My, oh, man. You're lucky. You're very lucky, dude. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so jealous. <laughs> so that's probably my favorite Lego set. Uh, I love Ewoks, and th it's actually it's a really good build. It's a really cool set. My first, the first one I ever did was it was the Luke, it was Luke and Obi Wan, um, and they had the the land speeder. Yeah, the had that one and, and pretty much them revealing Luke's lightsaber. You know, Obi Wan giving him his first lightsaber. Uh, but I think my favorite build I ever had, they came. It was a hundred and seventy dollars. And back when I lived in Rochester, I did not have money. Uh, I actually came across. Two Toys R Us gift cards that were valued at a hundred dollars. Somebody lost them at Dick's Sporting Goods. Winner, when winner, man. There. So I was like, "Oh, honey, can you call and check the value of these?" Fantastic. <laughs> so she did, and I spent them, and I bought. It was like, a, yeah, it was like I think it was like a hundred seventy dollars set. And as a thank you, I got her like a Ninja Turtles one, like a Donatello. You could build or Shredder one, or you could build like bike uh, a big bike or something like that. I remember that set. Yeah, it was Shredder's motorcycle. Yes, I have yes, that set. Still yes. built. It's, it's a very so nice set. Good. It's a very nice set. Yeah, yeah, Simple. very good one. Yeah. But uh, this big massive set. It was the uh, it was from Episode Three, that when uh, 
Mace Windu and company confront Darth Sidious. That was a Toys R Us exclusive. I still own that set. Do you? Yes. I, I don't have it on display. I can't display all my Lego sets, but a lot of the sets I don't display. I break them down. If I really like the set, if it's something I'm like, eh, whatever. Like if it's That was the biggest one I think I ever built. Th- yeah. If it's like Red Skull's tank from the comics, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not keeping this. I'll, <laughs> I'll destruct it and I'll use those parts for other things. Right. But that set was a really cool set. So I disassembled it, put it in a Ziploc bag with the instructions. So if I ever want to go revisit and rebuild it, I can. Yeah, that that was that's a good set. I uh, lo- that was yeah. probably my favorite one. I had a lot of good ones. I had the the big pod racing one. Yep, with the uh, Sebulba and Anakin's. Yep, that was a cool one. Uh, man, I had so many. I gave all the bricks to one of our the Lego bricks. We have a local rest. Well, he was a local wrestler runner. He used to call himself he calls himself Mister Brickster. And I gave I him have one of his bow ties. He made me one. One of his Lego bow ties yeah. that he used to I make. gave him a whole bucket full. I'm like, here, dude, just take it. You're doing good things. Just take the damn thing. I have the mini figs still yep. somewhere. but Some of those are highly valuable. Um, but, I mean, uh, I'm a sucker for, like, Star Wars tends to stick more with vehicles because that's their bread and butter. Yeah, the spaceships um, and but stuff. But if there's a good Star Wars playset, I'm a sucker for that. Any playset, really. Uh, I was telling Matt, like, the Ghostbusters Firehouse when that came out. That that was a a must purchase. You gotta have that. That it's a that's have. another one that's pretty close and near and dear. That's a cool set, um, and a lot of stuff. It's like growing up as a kid with Legos. Like you dreamed of having licensed Lego sets. You never thought they would happen. Now that's pretty much all that they have. So there's like that's so many money maker. It's not like Lego City and, and no, it, yeah, it, like it used to be. It's but the negative that comes with that is like normally I was uh, a good price point set would be like 10 cents per piece right obviously the license sets they cost a little bit more to make because they have to pay for the license so those sets can be a little bit more expensive and you're not getting as much bang for your buck um but i mean we're getting jurassic park lego sets and marvel mcu sets and dc sets and uh they last year made a stranger things set so they're just really going out there and thinking outside the box doing simpsons lego sets disney lego sets it's crazy it is it's it's cool to see and but we also another thing we acknowledge too it's it's like the value it's like a it's like funko pops man who would have thought like if if you had played with like the original lego sets who would have thought they would have came this far oh, same yeah. thing with funko pops and I the mean, value they, is insane they they're the one of the highest um profitable toy companies right now and in the early 2000s they were on the borderline of bankruptcy yes i do remember that story yeah and yeah. like around 2001 2002 2003 they were like borderline bankrupt um almost about to close the doors so thank goodness that that didn't happen exactly, exactly. because now i don't have the money to develop a drug <laughs> habit <laughs> yes i yeah i'm Legos are healthier <laughs> for your mind and body. You can't sniff them. Huh? No. <laughs> well, you could, but it might get stuck. Uh, I do got to say, I would always, I've always wanted a uh, them to do Power Rangers. Power Rangers Lego sets. Yes. I think OG ones, Lego minifigures can't be that hard to make. And then, but the, have the Zord, like, the, like, for example, Red Ranger comes with the yep. the Tyrannosaurus yep. Megazord. Yep. And then have for some somehow find it and make it like easy to structure a full on Megazord together. They did I, make a Voltron. They did. They did make a Voltron. I did not know that. Yes. That was one of the sets that was uh this fan site's called Lego Ideas. Um you submit a set, 
If it gets 10,000 upvotes, then it's taken to the review stage. And some sets are, are accepted, some are not. Power Rangers actually did make it to a review stage, but it was denied because the rights to Power Rangers are owned by Megablocks. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's why that got Crap. downvoted. So Crap. That would be a good that would be a good one. I would buy those ones, right? Yeah. The Voltron set is pretty cool. I've seen it. I'll have to uh, look it up. That was a pretty neat set. It's retired now, so it's it might be a little pricey. A little pricey. Yeah, it might be a little pricey. I want to say it was like 150, 170 when it came out new. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what that is now. I do got to ask you to uh I don't know how much you surf around YouTube at all, but have you ever seen some of the the big big sets that people make? The yes. Star Wars ones. Yes. The Hoth one. The I mean, some I've seen some that take up a quarter of this room that yes. we're currently sitting in. Yes. Massive. I just saw a video of a guy that made um, Hogwarts from Harry Potter. Yes. And yes. it was massive, just massive. Um, I like all the little details because there's always there's, you always catch something new when you get to watch those things. Yeah. I follow one of the it's something something Lego related on Facebook, and they're always posting new videos about these super creative ones. But the 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 no, it was the it was the Endor one, and somebody like, they built. Yeah, it was probably length of this table types too, and all the little details that they put like Superman in there. But it was just so many many figures. Yes. I I, I well, you 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 definitely accumulate. Like I have a ton to the point where I'm probably gonna start just selling some off because they're not they're not expensive to ship no. and some of them are highly valuable and do I need seven supermans no nope. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance um so i mean some like i had the original lando calrissian minifigure i did sell that one off when the new bespin betrayal of bespin set came out cuz i don't need the old one i got the new one um and i think i got like 50 bucks just for that minifigure no kidding yeah I, all this talk is making me miss Lego culture. Just being in, involved in it, I can't wait for the new game co- game to come out. They're doing oh, a the Skywalker, Skywalker saga. Oh yeah, those those are like my favorite video games of the Lego ones, they're just because they're so fun. Perfect. I could play them with my kids. Yeah. Because you never die. You just lose your studs. You're right back at it. Lego games are the best. But yeah, the Star Wars one was the, that was the first. The complete saga was the first one I played. So to be able to see this from start to finish with new levels, better looking character models, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I'm yeah. ecstatic, but. Everybody, that is a wrap on today's episode. We thank you so much for tuning in to myself and Will. Uh, I'm going to try to remember Greg's closing. Remember, not all heroes wear capes. Some have podcasts. He can be taught. from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on beyonce